0: Hello, my friends. Normally, the disinformation comes from the CBC, but uh, we have a terrible case of disinformation from the National Post, which is a bit surprising, but I shouldn't be surprised anymore. They're the biggest recipient of Trudeau's subsidies, so they do what they're told. Nah, sort of sad. I'll take you through it. But first, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's the video version of this podcast. I do a show every night. Four of my colleagues do weekly shows. So, there's a lot of content. It's just eight bucks a month. Did you know that? Like, it's unbelievable. It's half the price of Netflix. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe, and get tons of stuff. And it helps us out, too, you know, because we don't take any government money. So, we sort of depend on you. All right. Here's today's show. Tonight, I want to show you one of the worst cases of pandemic disinformation I've seen so far, and you'll be so disappointed where it was published. It's April 27th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I don't know if you saw this, but yesterday, Trudeau's clownish public safety minister told a bald-faced lie in Parliament.
1: When residents can't get to work, when they can't take their children to school, when they uh, seniors can't get around because public transportation can't get to them, um, when Um, people who live in apartment buildings uh, find that their front doors are locked and that fires are set uh, in the hallways and corridors. Point of order, Um, Speaker. It is...
0: Oui, Monsieur Mott. That statement right there has been proven false by the Ottawa Police Service, and there is no connection to the protesters whatsoever, and for this minister to suggest that is absolutely unacceptable of this committee. Yeah, that didn't happen. I mean, something did happen in an apartment, and the police investigated, and they actually charged two men. Here's the official police um, press release from the Ottawa police on the subject. Um, It's actually two press releases jammed together. Start at the bottom. There are two of them. Uh, The first one was issued on March 21st, and it names Connor Russell McDonald as the suspect. And it says, this is from the police, quote... There is no information indicating McDonald was involved in any way with the convoy protest which was going on when the arson took place. And then the other press release that's added on top, on April 6th, they arrested Bartosz Wernick. And again, they say, and I quote, There's no information indicating Wernick was involved in any way with the convoy protest which was going on when this arson took place. Anyone with a drop of curiosity or skepticism would have immediately known this was a hoax, a stretch, a smear against the the truckers. It just made no sense that this was some trucker crime. It was literally some loser on Twitter who said so. And then every establishment figure repeated it as proof for why we needed martial law. The CBC was the worst, of course. I mean, look at this. (laughs) They ran with this. They poured kerosene on the fire. The CBC knows there's no proof. But they hate the truckers. They're paid by Trudeau to hate the truckers. So they literally quote any conspiracy theorist who will make the connection for them. I mean, quote, Munoz said there was a confrontation between some residents and a few anti-vaccine mandate protesters outside just hours before the fire. Police have not confirmed any link between their investigation into this incident and the ongoing convoy protest at a special council meeting Monday afternoon. Mayor Jim Watson spoke about the alleged arson incident, including it among a list of harassment incidents against residents and disruptions in the city he blamed on the ongoing protest. Yesterday, we learned of a horrific story that clearly demonstrates the malicious intent of these protesters occupying our city, he said, referring to the two suspects captured in the security footage posted online. Thankfully, no one was hurt but this story could have ended very, very differently. It's extremely disturbing and points to a desire to harm our residents. Just pure disinformation, pure disinformation, manufactured a pack of lies, and the CBC was thrilled to give him a platform to run with it. I mean, they're the kooks who broadcast this.
2: I do ask that because, uh, you know, given Canada's support of Ukraine in this current crisis with Russia, I don't know if it's far-fetched to ask, but, but there is concern that Russian actors could be continuing to fuel things uh, as, this, as this protest grows, but perhaps even instigating it from, from the outset.
1: Well, again, I'm going to defer to uh, our uh, partners in the public safety, the uh, trained officials and experts in that area.
0: Yeah, no, never trust the CBC. Remember, they hate you. Never trust them. But seriously, that CBC promotion of that conspiracy theory is what the so-called public safety minister relied on as his basis for imposing martial law on us, for suspending our civil liberties, for seizing bank accounts without legal process, for arresting people. I mean, imagine relying on any journalist as opposed to actual police work. Imagine arresting people, outsourcing your work to some journalist, any journalist at all, let alone the state broadcaster, let alone such an obvious hoax. So yeah, the CBC is the worst. Never forget it. Let me show you some pandemic disinformation I saw today. In all places, I saw it in the, in the National Post, that so-called conservative newspaper founded, I don't know, 24 years ago by Conrad Black. I remember those early days. The newspaper stood for something. I worked there for a few years. But today, other than Rex Murphy and Conrad Black himself and Rupa Subramania's weekly column, it's pretty much indistinguishable from the Globe and Mail, sometimes even from the Toronto Star. I Blame some terrible hiring decisions over the past decade there. <laughs> I don't even remember this. Remember when literally a majority of the staff at the National Post signed some whiny, woke letter calling for Rex Murphy to be fired because he said Canada is not a systemically racist country. All those journalists who called for him to be fired, they should have been fired, frankly. None of them believes in freedom of speech. None of them had any loyalty to their company or their company's star writer. None of them can hold a candle to Rex Murphy in terms of writing or thinking. So, so gross. So there's been problems with the National Post for a while, but then add in the fact that Post Media is the number one recipient of Trudeau's bailout money, other than the CBC, I suppose. And it makes a bit more sense, doesn't it? Which is how I explain this act of propaganda and disinformation. I saw this tweet. One in eight Canadians believes vaccine myths survey reveals, really? Well, I was interested, what myths are they talking about? I don't trust statistics much these days, but apparently about an eighth of people aren't vaxxed at all in Canada, and surely some who are vaxxed got vaxxed under duress. They were pressured on pain of being fired from their job or kicked out of school, for example, or being banned from traveling. But I'm game. What are the myths? Well, here's the story that the National Post ran. I can't believe it. One in eight Canadians believes a vaccine myths a survey it reveals. Okay, and then the sub-headline called The Deck in Newspaper Lingo. The most widely held myth was researchers rushed the development of the COVID-19 vaccine, so its effectiveness and safety cannot be trusted. Well, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, right there. It it was rushed on, on purpose. We we all know that. It was literally called Operation Warp Speed, remember that? Vaccines are never made in a year. They're tested for years. So so that's not a myth, they're not being done tested yet, they got five more years to test, they would just rush for emergency use. So that's not a myth. And the second part of that sentence, it's effectiveness and safety cannot be trusted. Well, trust, trust is not a matter of scientific fact, it's a personal matter of opinion. Whether or not you trust someone or trust something or trust a medicine, the not a myth or a fact, it's your own feelings. How is not trusting something a myth? Either you do or you don't trust it. I don't even understand the language being used in that question. Let me, let me read more from the story. A recent poll surveying Canadians revealed skepticism towards booster shots and vaccine myths. In a survey compiled by the analytics giant Leger for the Association for Canadian Studies and the University of Manitoba during the middle of March 2022, Canadians were presented with a list of nine COVID-related myths and were asked whether they were true, false, or if the respondents simply didn't know. Okay, now we tried to get a copy of the actual study from both Leger and the U of M today with no luck, which is a little bit odd, Um, but I'll keep reading. Of the almost 3,000 individuals, Who were polled, one in eight Canadians believe vaccine myths, and another one in five are unsure. The most widely held myths, according to the poll, are that, quote, researchers rush the development of the COVID 19 vaccine, so its effectiveness and safety cannot be trusted, and that the side effects of the COVID 19 vaccine are dangerous. Okay, well, now that's something that's not a matter of opinion, right? That's something that's either true or not true, right? are COVID-19 vaccine side effects dangerous? Well, let's ask Pfizer. Here's what Pfizer has to say about their own COVID-19 vaccine. I got this from their website. This is literally the warning label that accompanies the vaccines. You can look this up for yourself on the Pfizer website right now. I've shown this to you before. Let me quote a bit. Side effects that have been reported with the vaccine include severe allergic reactions. Myocarditis, inflammation of the heart muscle. Perigarditis, inflammation of the lining outside the heart. Now, those are just a few, but that's just the warning label. Are, are they really dangerous in real life? Well, here's what the Ontario Public Health Department has to say. This is, again, you can find this on the government website. Now, the term AEFI means Adverse Events Following Immunization. So let me read a little bit. This is just in Ontario, mind. Of the total 20,033 AEFI reports received to date, 18,912 AEFI reports are non-serious. 1,121 reports meet the serious definition. The most commonly reported adverse events are other severe or unusual events and allergic skin reactions reported and 27% and 22% of the total AEF reports. 1,522 reports include a COVID-19 vaccine-specific adverse event of special interest, in which 675 reports also meet the serious definition. See adverse events of special interest definition section for more information. 21 reports of thrombosis or thrombocytopenia syndrome after receipt of AstraZeneca covid vaccine of which 16 are vaccine-induced immune thrombotic. I'm, I'm not even going to read these scientific terms. 743 reports of myocarditis or pericarditis after receipt of mRNA vaccines. Seem and There's a section for that. And there were 22 reports of death in Ontario. So yeah, it's not a myth. There are dangerous side effects. Both Pfizer and the government say so. That's a fact. Now, you can debate whether or not this is common and widespread. You can debate whether the risk of the vaccine outweighs its purported benefits. You could say, sure, 22 people died, thousands were injured, but many more were saved. And that's the price you have to pay. You could could make that argument. But you cannot say that there are no dangerous side effects. What a weird thing to say is a myth. It's not a myth. This survey is propaganda. And giving it credit in, in this news report, that's propaganda too. The reporter had no curiosity. The reporter couldn't, couldn't see these. Back to the story. Americans, <laughs> they're so dumb, who were polled with the same questions are far more likely to subscribe to myths about vaccination than our Canadians, the survey found. Yeah, those, those dumb Americans, eh? we're so much better than them. Well, like I say, the things they asked in some cases were not myths. It was rushed, It's called Operation Warp Speed. They do have dangerous side effects. You can argue if those things matter or how much they matter. But those are facts. Asking if you trust someone is not a myth. It's more a test of your own psychological and political obedience. Maybe that's why Americans are less submissive. But how how is that a myth? Sorry for the low resolution here, but this is the list of questions uh, they asked according to the National Post story. I couldn't get the original document. Now, one of the questions is, if I've already had COVID-19, I don't need a vaccine. True or false? Well, that's probably an opinion because, of course, if if you had COVID-19, you you have natural immunity. So whether or not you get a vaccine, you know, I guess it's up to you. But that it's not my opinion that natural immunity is a thing. That is a fact. That's classic immunology. That's the whole point of a vaccine is that your body pretends to have the disease and you get immunity without actually having had it. But getting the original disease is the best kind of immunity around. I mean, here's just for one, like there's a gazillion examples. Here's a letter to the British Medical Journal to this effect. Um, speaking of uh, Britain, their government gave you a COVID passport if you could show you had natural immunity. They didn't make you take a vaccine even after you got COVID and naturally recovered for it. So who is laboring under myths here? UK, Israel, plenty of places recognize natural immunity. I'll read just one more myth. Getting the COVID vaccine means I can stop wearing my mask and taking coronavirus precautions. They say that's a myth. Well, let's go to the Pope. Anthony Fauci, what does St. Fauci have to say? Well, I think it depends on when you ask him. Here, take a look. People should not be walking around with masks. <laughs> Let me
1: just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has n- not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time, has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying Uh, uh, inside uh, uh, there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at, at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. The, 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 the pediatric, the Academy of Pediatric actually makes that recommendation that children should be wearing masks uh, from two years old onward. And you're asking now if Your child is a member of your household. Can you walk outdoors with your child without a mask? According to that chart, the answer is yes.
3: But the child can't, not to beat it it to death. Yes,
1: yes. Because
3: now the CDC says, I mean, I think I've got this right. One mask is better than zero masks. Two masks is better than one mask. But you don't have to have double masks. Is is that right? I mean... (laughs) You know,
1: it became clear that cloth coverings, that you didn't have to buy in a store, that you could make yourself were adequate, and then you want it to fit better. So one of the ways you could do it, if you would like to, is put a cloth mask over, which actually here and here and here, where you could get leakage in,
0: is much better contained.
3: Are you a double masker, Dr. Fauci? looks like you are.
0: <laughs> My head is spinning. In, in, I don't know if you noticed, he gave 180 degree different answers. In the same interview, he gave completely opposite answers. Look, this survey is propaganda. Whoever paid for it wanted propaganda. Whoever published it is propaganda. They're trying to fact-check your opinions to make sure you conform to whatever they say, even if they change what they say every week. A lot of industries and professions have lost a lot of trust in the past two years: the police, college's physicians and surgeons, the courts. But you know. I think the mainstream media, or anyone who would publish this crap, I think they've lost the most. Stay with us for more. Well, one of our favorite people to talk to, one of the few courageous voices fighting against lockdownism in the darkest days of the pandemic, when there were curfews in Quebec, when they would give you a ticket for going to a funeral in the West, is our friend Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party of Canada. He joins us now via Skype from Montreal. Maxime Bernier, great to see you again. Welcome back. I understand you have some good news. A couple of days ago, um, you were campaigning in Manitoba when the premier called for your arrest, it was outrageous, Banana Republic style. Here, we'll show a quick video of you being arrested for campaigning. Take a look. Good afternoon, sir.
4: Yes, yes. I'm yes. with the RCMP. Yeah. I can get you step out of the vehicle. I'm going to place you under arrest right
0: now. Yeah.
4: Right now, you're under arrest under the uh, Provincial Health Orders. Okay, so if you can just put your hands behind your back, face towards the vehicle. Okay, give me one hand here. I'll guess
5: you to stay the vehicle, okay? Yep. Yeah. The other hand. Do you have
2: any weapons or anything on you, sir? Weapon? No, no weapon. Only anything on you only that's going to anything like that? Sorry? Anything on you that's going to hurt me or anything like that? No, no, okay. anything will hurt you. Only my words, only my philosophy, only what I believe in. Okay. All right, come on over this way.
4: I'll explain a few things to you here right away.
0: and that wasn't uh, a natural act here's the premier saying if you dared to come to his province you'd leave with your wallet lighter take a look at this
2: well he's violating the public health orders he's going to be light in the pocketbook and uh, i'd suggest that he uh, not violate the public health orders but of course i'm not going to be directly involved in the enforcement nor should i be
0: well the charges were laid but you tell me they were dropped what happened how did the case and did the prosecution decline to uh, prosecute how did they drop the charges against you
2: no uh, ezra the, that case will proceed it will proceed the first week of uh, september so that's a good news because i was waiting for that hearing and uh, but i received another ticket the night of the election the election night because i was not wearing wearing a mask inside as you know that was the election night i was delivering a speech over there TAKING SOME PHOTOS WITH OUR PEOPLE, AND THAT TICKET THAT THEY GAVE ME THAT NIGHT OF THE ELECTION, uh, THAT TICKET had BEEN DROPPED, AND uh, I JUST RECEIVED THAT NEWS THIS WEEK. BUT WHAT IS, I'M VERY HAPPY WITH THAT, BUT WHAT IS VERY BIZARRE IS THE REASON FOR THAT. THE REASON THAT THEY TOLD US IS BECAUSE OF THE DATE OF MY HEARING WAS uh, THE FAMILY DAY IN Saskatchewan. So that's why they said, you know, we cannot proceed with your hearing. So for me, I believe that that's a kind of an excuse, because I believe that they don't have any proof, scientific proof, that wearing a mask inside or not wearing a mask, that there's nothing that is proving that it will stop the spread of the virus. And maybe they didn't want to have a leader of a national party uh, being uh, in court and in the court and arguing against them. So that tickets have been dropped. But the other one, when I've been arrested in Manitoba, uh, the hearing would proceed the first week of September.
0: Well, thank you so much for clarifying. I obviously misunderstood when I heard the, t- the charges were dropped. I was thinking it, that was that outrageous case against you in Manitoba. We will definitely be there to cover uh, your trial in September. Uh, I'm actually shocked that that one is proceeding, given uh, the clear political direction to the police. Uh, I mean, one of the hallmarks of the rule of law is that politicians simply don't direct police to arrest their enemies and don't say in advance, you're going to be guilty and fined. I'm surprised any judge would allow that to go to trial you would think that because of what the former Premier Pallister said, it would be thrown out. But I am very familiar with what happened to you on election night in Saskatoon, and that's the one that was withdrawn. I should tell you, and I know you know this, that police put up a website with photographs of other People's Party members, and they claimed that these people were breaking the law. It was a name and shame campaign, and Saskatoon police... uh, charged a number of other PPC party members. I think Rebel News's Fight the Vines project is defending at least some of them. Do you know if any other of those tickets were dropped too, or just the one against you? Yeah, I believe it's,
2: it is just the one against me, so that's why it's a little bit bizarre, because, you know, I was not alone at that uh, uh, election night. I was with my partisan there, and we had a very great evening. evening. So that being said, I, I don't understand why, you know, all the others were not dropped. But that being said, I, that's why I believe it's because I'm the leader of a National Party and they yeah. didn't want me to argue and didn't want to have any news about that. Uh, but that's unfair for the others, you know. Uh, we, <laughs> we must uh, have the same treatment from the police.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, I haven't practiced law in a while. And, of course criminal law or the, or whatever um, offense you were charged under is a little bit, you know, it's a specialty. But the idea that having a hearing on family day or whatever, some special day, uh, means that the charge is dropped, that, that sounds absurd to me. Uh, corrections can be made, amendments can be filed, a new ticket can be issued. Uh, I don't think that they're, oh what we, can we do? I think that you're right. They were looking for an excuse, a way out, uh, I don't think that that's the real reason they let you go. I think it's very interesting that they appear to be scared of prosecuting you. Um, and that, that tells me that either they think they don't have a legal basis, they're worried about a constitutional challenge that might set a precedent, or maybe they're just worried about the political black eye of having a trial that would so be, be so obviously punitive, so obviously punishing a political rival. For whatever reason, I'm glad they dropped the ticket against you, but... I'm going to check after this interview with those other cases in Saskatoon because if they're still proceeding, then we've still got ourselves a problem, right?
2: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but I can tell you that uh, uh, they will, uh, if, if they're still going on, I believe that all these people are defended by the Justice Centre for Constitutional Freedoms. It's a great organization, non-profitable organization. They don't receive any money from the government, as you know, only for Canadi- from Canadians. So, and and they they are working with me also. So I believe that uh, these cases may go ahead, but if uh, we don't win, they will appeal that up to the Supreme Court because, as you know, it was illegal, unconstitutional, immoral, not based on science. So uh, I believe that if we have a good judge, they must win. uh, They must win. But we never know with the justice system right now in Canada.
0: You're right. I mean, it's so frustrating to me to tell my American friends that our Supreme Court of Canada has yet to weigh in on anything regarding the lockdowns. I mean, my whole life, I was told how important the Charter of Rights and Freedoms was. I was told it was a central part of the Canadian identity. When I was in law school, I was told it was this sacred text. And here we are two years into the bonfire of our civil liberties, and the the Charter of Rights has not helped us one bit. I I can't think of a single substantive lockdown law or policy that was stopped because of it. Not the curfew in in Quebec, not the ban on funerals or weddings, not the lockdowns of churches. Um, I can't think of any place where the Charter has actually protected Canadians. I think it's deeply worrying.
2: Yeah, it is. It is, absolutely. Uh, And, you know... (laughs) Right now, as you may know, I cannot travel across the country because I decided not to have the two jabs and I'm not vaccinated. It's unfair. I'm the leader of a national party and I need to uh, travel across the country. Actually, in in the first three weeks of May, I'll be in Atlantic Canada, in uh, Newfoundland, uh, not Newfoundland, sorry, uh,
4: uh,
2: I'll be in Nova Scotia, I'll be in New Brunswick and in P.I., I'll drive over there, but I'm suing right now with the Justice Center, the federal government, with Brian Petford also. Oh, yeah. It is our constitutional rights to be able to travel across the country. And that hearing will be also in September. So we'll see what will happen there.
0: Well, I'm really glad that that hearing will be scheduled. I've had the pleasure of talking to Premier Petford about that lawsuit. We went through it uh, page by page, actually. It's an excellent lawsuit. And I was going to say, I don't see how it could fail. It's so crystal clear. But given how the courts have been so far, uh, I'm not optimistic simply because not a single judge has been willing to stand up and say, stop. And I got a question for you. I see Teresa Tam is talking about what is it now, the sixth wave or whatever she's into. And she says that, you know, she thinks masking should come back. And I see that all these TV doctors, all these COVID celebrities who hate the fact that in some ways we're returning to normal, I get the feeling that they're ready, they're going to give us maybe a break over the summertime, but in the fall or in flu season, they're going to ramp it up all over again, and that's one of my worries, is that although some of the lockdowns have eased and some of the vaccine passports have eased and some of the mask rules have eased, except for in Quebec, that all the machinery of the lockdown is still in place, all the laws, all the all the personnel so they could flip a switch and put us back in lockdowns in a heartbeat what do you say about that and what can we do about that
2: yeah you're absolutely right ezra Uh, i believe that they're ready and in different provinces to go back to lockdowns when the flu season will come back Uh, actually in Quebec, we are still under the emergency act and as you just said WE HAVE TO WEAR A IN QUEBEC UNTIL the MID-MAY, SO THERE'S NO REASON FOR THAT. AND uh, WHAT I CAN SAY IS WE KNOW NOW THAT WE CANNOT TAKE FOR GRANTED OUR FREEDOMS IN THIS COUNTRY. SO I HOPE THAT IF THAT HAPPENS, THAT WE'LL HAVE A LOT OF PEOPLE ON THE STREET PROTESTING. WE NEED THAT. WE NEED TO CHANGE THE PUBLIC OPINION. WE NEED TO HAVE AN IDEOLOGICAL REVOLUTION it's you know it's unseen that that we have that in Canada in 2022, and I believe and you know it's it's bad but I hope it won't happen. But they're ready to come back with that, and you know I'm looking at the news in the mainstream media. It's all about COVID right now in Quebec. It's all about COVID. It's yeah. it's you know there's no emergency. <laughs> uh, it's it's sad, but I believe that it, it may happen. So the only thing that we can do is to 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 protest to to you know, to show to our members of Parliament that enough is enough, and we want to go back to our life and and learn to live with that virus.
0: You know, I have uh, I think things are terrible in Quebec. I think it's the last place in North America uh, that has uh, a mask rule like that. It's just crazy to me. But I see a flicker of hope. I, Eric Duem, who um, has a libertarian streak in him, who used to have a radio show, and I've been friends with him since I was in my 20s. He now leads the Quebec Conservative Party, which really wasn't a big force for many, many decades. And now I see several polls putting him in second place, even ahead of the Parti Quebecois or the provincial liberals. Um, He has one elected official who sort of moved towards it. Like, I'm very excited because he is taking a principled stance Against lockdownism, and it seems to be, you know, uh, resonating. I mean, I look. I'm not there, and I and I don't speak French very well at all. So maybe I'm missing it. But I see in Eric Duhem proof that a principled, freedom-oriented approach can actually find 10, 20, 30, 40 percent support, and possibly, if not become official opposition, maybe even win.
2: Yeah, you're right about Eric Duhem and the Parti Conservateur du Québec is very popular right now, more specifically in the Quebec region and in the region of the province. Uh, They're about some places at 10, 15 percent, and that's good for a new political party. And you're right by saying that Eric Duhem was a principled uh, opponent against these uh, draconian measures like myself. And so that's very encouraging. AS YOU MAY KNOW, THE ELECTION AT THE PROVINCIAL LEVEL IN QUÉBEC WILL BE THIS FALL. AND I BELIEVE AND I HOPE THAT the Duhem WILL BE ABLE TO ELECT A COUPLE OF HIS CANDIDATES, MAYBE ONE, TWO, THREE. WE JUST NEED ONLY ONE IN THE ASSEMBLY NATIONALE for, uh, FOR HAVING A NEW DEBATE and, and, AND MORE VISIBILITY WITH THE MAINSTREAM MEDIA. AND THAT'S VERY ENCOURAGING ALSO FOR ME AS THE LEADER OF THE PEOPLE'S PARTY OF CANADA IN QUÉBEC FOR THE NEXT general ELECTION. So we'll see what will happen with Eric. But you're right by saying he's the only one, the only real opposition in Quebec at the provincial level against these draconian lockdowns since the beginning of that COVID hysteria in Quebec and in Canada.
0: Yeah, I find it so encouraging. I mean, and they're trying to smear him and they're trying to knock him, but he's quite quick on his feet. I mean, he's been in the media for his whole life, so he's he's, uh, not going to be easily fooled. Well, let me ask you about this because... Um, for the longest time, I think it could be said that the best recruiter for the People's Party of Canada was Andrew Scheer. And then the best recruiter for the People's Party of Canada was Aaron O'Toole. Because those two um, told party members they were for freedom, but in the end, I think they were, they were both awful. They were both control freaks. Aaron O'Toole was indistinguishable from Justin Trudeau on so many things, in my view. And it, it's fascinating to me that it was the truckers and that Freedom Rebellion that finally made the Conservative Party say enough and throw them out. It was It's it's amazing to me. Well, now that those two are gone and the Conservative Party is having a pretty rambunctious leadership campaign, you've got Jean Charest and Patrick Brown and Pierre Pauly, you have a real range of candidates. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I would think. That if the party moves towards freedom against lockdowns, if it rediscovers its roots on op- opposing the carbon tax, if it gets rid of all this Aaron O'Toole and Andrew Sheer mumble, mumbly, shy conservatism, that that's sort of what fueled the People's Party. What do you make of that?
2: NO, I DON'T AGREE WITH THAT. Uh, I BELIEVE THAT WE HAVE A PLACE IN CANADIAN POLITICS, BECAUSE WE ARE DOING POLITICS DIFFERENTLY. AND YES, YOU'RE RIGHT, Ezra, BY SAYING THAT NOW YOU HAVE SOME CANDIDATES, AND PIERRE POLIEV IS SPEAKING ABOUT FREEDOM. BUT WHERE WAS PIERRE POLIEV TWO YEARS AGO, WHEN THAT WAS THE TIME TO FIGHT FOR OUR FREEDOMS? HE WAS NOT THERE. SO PIERRE POLIEV IS SPEAKING LIKE A a RIGHT-WING CONSERVATIVE, but he said also to Western Canada, he will build pipelines all across the country. The question is, you know, I was a member of the conservative government under Harper. And Harper also, Stephen Harper, said the same thing to Western Canadians. We will build pipelines. We didn't, we didn't do that. We didn't do anything. And now you have Polyev that is saying the same thing. So the question is, how? How will he do that? The only way to be able to build pipelines in this country is to use the Constitution, the Section 9210 in our Constitution, and like that, the federal government will have the full jurisdiction, the full responsibility, and the federal government will be able to listen to that, impose, yes, I'm saying that, impose the pipeline on provinces that are saying no. So ask the question to Pierre Polyev, is it, if, it's, uh, if it's really to use a constitution to impose a pipeline, just ask him the question, Ezra, you'll see the answer. Same thing about, you know, carbon tax. It's against the carbon tax, but it's for the Paris Accord. So what, what will be the real Pierre Poilievre? We'll mm-hmm. see that after the leadership. And I believe that the real conservative people who believe in freedom, in personal responsibility, in respect, THEY WILL COME AND THEY WILL STAY WITH US AND WE WILL GROW. ACTUALLY, RIGHT NOW, Ezra, WE STARTED THAT PARTY BY 0% IN 2018, 1.6% IN 2019, 5% IN 2021, AND WE'RE SUPPOSED TO BE AROUND 8 AND 10% IN THE POOR. SO WE ARE STILL GROWING AND I BELIEVE THAT WE HAVE A bright FUTURE.
0: Now, you're talking as if Pierre Polyev is going to be the winner, and it appears that way to me uh, based on the size of his crowds. But th- I don't know how it's going to be in the end. There may be uh, shy members. There may be members signed up uh, in using, you know, uh, I'm not going to say trickery, but listen, uh, stuffing – I'm not going to say stuffing ballot boxes, but here's what I mean. The rules of the Conservative Party leadership – suggests that you can organize in low population ridings and get a lot of points in the system if i understand how they choose their leader if it's the same as in the past so what i'm saying is a big crowd is impressive but it may not be the the key to victory i I myself predict that pierre paulia will win but it might not sorry that's a preamble what i want to ask you is can you give us a word about a couple of the other candidates in particular i'm curious what you have to say about Jean You may know him better than others. I mean, he's he was the Quebec Premier for a while. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Charade? Do you think he has a chance? And do you have any thoughts on Patrick Brown? Uh, I think you served in Parliament overlapping with him. Do you have any thoughts on him as a person and as a candidate in the leadership?
2: Yeah, I don't believe that Patrick Brown will be able to win that leadership. That's my personal uh, you know, Patrick is a good guy. I know him personally. But he's campaigning with the uh, ethnic communities, and uh, and you know, is not so visible. Uh, I believe that uh, he will do a good campaign. Jean Charret uh, may be the the second opponent uh, against um, Pierre Poliev. But you know, it's uh, the conservative party right now. It's two fractions: the leftists and, and the real conservatives. And I don't know what will happen if Jean Charest is winning with uh, Pierre polievre and all these people. Maybe they will quit. I don't know. They, they won't be able to stay in the same party. And same thing if uh, Pierre polievre is winning. What will happen with Charest and all the 10, 10 MPs from Quebec? They are all supporting Jean Charest. All the conservative MPs from Quebec are supporting Jean Charest. Huh. So if Jean Charest is not winning, what will be their place with Pierre polievre so I, I don't believe that the Conservative Party of Canada will have a bright future after that leadership.
0: Well, it's very interesting. I didn't know that all of them had signed on to Shirey. I knew a number of them did. That It's quite a brutal battle. And in a way, I like it, because at least they're having an honest debate about differences of opinion. Um, and I think, Aaron, one of the things that, I think was uh, improper about O'Toole's approach is he papered over any disagreements he didn't allow any dissent I actually am enjoying this debate in the party and hopefully it'll help it define itself I want to come back to you and and how we started um, and the fact that you're still being prosecuted in Manitoba I got that wrong at first but I have a clear understanding now and the very fact that you were charged in Saskatoon and others still may be charged since that time things got a lot worse We saw the Prime Minister demonizing people who are unvaxxed, saying, should we even tolerate them? He said some pretty extreme things. Uh, The ban on unvaccinated people flying and taking trains is purely punitive. There's no medical basis for it. Um, Then we saw the worst of all things, the suspension of civil liberties under the Emergencies Act, the seizing of people's bank accounts, arresting political opponents. I'm worried that Justin Trudeau is who he says he is, a man who admires China's basic dictatorship. I'm worried that he hasn't learned any lesson other than he can get away with it. And Jagmeet Singh is helping him get away with it, and the media is helping him get away with it. How do you think civil liberties are doing in Canada? And if Justin Trudeau is going to be prime minister for a few more years, courtesy of Jagmeet Singh, what's going to be the state of our civil liberties two, three years from now?
2: Oh, my God. All that is in danger in Canada. No, we cannot, we cannot uh, have Trudeau doing more uh, things against our constitutions and against our rights. Actually, like you, the Emergency Act, uh, you know, now they're appointing a judge to look at what happened during that time, but instead of having an investigation on the Trudeau government, why they decided to use that Emergencies Act when it was not necessary, THEY ARE PUTTING ALL THE INVESTIGATION ON THE uh, FREEDOM CONVOY. Mm -hmm. SO THAT'S TRUDEAU. AND WE CANNOT TRUST HIM AS A GUY THAT WILL RESPECT OUR CHARTER OF RIGHTS. WE LOOK AT ALL THE EXAMPLES IN THE PAST, AND NOW FOR THE FUTURE, WHAT HE'S DOING RIGHT NOW, YOU KNOW, IT'S, uh, WE ARE IN A SOCIALIST era RIGHT NOW WITH TRUDEAU AND THE NDP TOGETHER. AND THAT COUNTRY IS GOING TO MORE TO THE LEFT. And that's, that's very uh, looking very dangerous for our civil liberties in this country.
0: You know, I, I have to say, and I, and I certainly hope this doesn't come to pass, but I think the fact that you were arrested and they made a big scene out of arresting you and the former Premier of Manitoba denounced you, the, the, the lack of reaction to that from the political class and the media class, I think gave permission to the government to become more and more extreme. And I have to predict, and I don't want this to happen, but I predict it, that there will be more arrests of political opponents. We saw Randy Hillier being arrested and he was given a gag order as a bail condition. He's not allowed to criticize government policy. Tamara Litz, the convoy organizer, part of her bail conditions is she's not allowed to criticize government policy. Um, Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky. Uh, He's appealing that part of his sentence, but he was also told if he criticizes government policy, he has to read a self-denunciation. I wouldn't be surprised, and I hate to say it, if you were arrested again, if they seized your bank account claiming that you had given aid and comfort to the truckers. Like, I think we're going— we really are going down the road of a banana republic, I, And I don't want people to say, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory or paranoid. No, they really did arrest you. They really did arrest uh, Randy Hillier. They really did put these gag orders on political opponents who were completely peaceful. I'm worried that, that you may become a political prisoner again. But actually I'm a political
2: prisoner in my own country. I cannot leave the country. I cannot take a flight to go to Florida or another country because I'm not vaccinated. And actually you're right about everything that we said, but you forgot yourself, Ezra. The the, the media, the yeah. independent media and you, you know, they, they are going after you. They're going after the independent media. They don't want any to have any competition. And for the mainstream media, you're right. When I was arrested as a leader of a political party before an electoral campaign, the only national media that I did was with you, Ezra. And also with Tucker in the U.S. Fox News, I, di- I didn't do any interview with Radio Canada, CBC, CTV, Global. No, in your eyes they didn't want to cover that. But I believe, you know, when you when you do that to a national politician, being arrested after, you know, for a non-crime after a, a, a meeting in a park with uh, the executive of my riding association in that uh, in that uh, region. Uh, we were five, or no, not five, we were ten in the park, uh, social distancing, a nice day, a sunny day. And the rule at that time was no more than five person, a meeting of five person in a park outside. And we were ten. And I was the only one arrested. Yes, that was political repression coming from the premier that didn't want me to do a big rally that I had planned the day after in Winnipeg. Yeah. So that's that's the country that we are living here right
0: now. It's a yeah. it's, it's shame. Yeah. Well, listen, it's great to hear from you again. It's great to catch up. Thank you for your thoughts on so many subjects. We will be there to cover your trial in September in Manitoba. I believe that's a political trial. I believe that, that those charges are improper. They should not be pursued by pro- prosecutors, especially given what the former premier said. Um, I think that... Uh, I wonder if other media will be there. Like you say, when you were arrested, most of the media didn't care because I think they're co-opted. It's great to catch up with you. I, I hope we can keep in touch, and, we'll, and for sure we'll be there in September.
2: Thank you, Ezra. Have a nice evening. Thank you for giving me that opportunity.
0: Well, it's my pleasure. There you have it, Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party of Canada, joining us via Skype from Montreal. Very interesting. Stay with us. More ahead. your viewer feedback Peter Yankee says royal corrupted ministerial police seriously considered yeah sure didn't the RCMP get a substantial raise this year well I think I don't think it's money I think Brenda Lucky, Trudeau's hand-picked RCMP commissioner has decided her job is to protect uh, Justin Trudeau I mean she was clearly partisan appointment, and affirmative action appointment and she owes her career to Trudeau, and she's proving it every day. I think it's pretty gross. Um, I think it's extremely sad. The RCMP's reputation is more than a century old. Um, It's a global reputation. I mean, the way the RCMP kept the peace during the gold rush is the stuff of lore. And they're selling it out. The way they are politicized these days it's really gross. Darren Porter says, it was five years ago. Oh, great, so breaking the law expires. Well, that's the thing. There's no... Statute of limitations on crimes. I am steady one said. I wonder what would happen if I, a Canadian citizen, entered the USA legally and then simply tried to return to Canada. Roxham Road. Would I be treated better or worse than the illegal immigrants? I think I can guess. Oh yeah, you're so right. I mean (laughs) they they didn't seem to threaten Alexa when she went there this time, but they've threatened us with arrest times before. But what does arrest mean? As you saw, if hey guys, don't step forward, we've got a hot lunch for you, we've got a free hotel, we've got doctors and medical care and a lifetime of welfare. But don't step forward, we'll arrest you. What a what a ridiculous game. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, see you at home. Good night, and keep fighting for freedom. And let me leave you with another report from Alexa Lavoie: Convoys converging on Montreal to fight for parental rights. Take a look at this. All right. I'll see you tomorrow.
3: So here, Alexa, for venues, we are the 23 of April, Saturday, and I'm currently in Montreal at Parc La Fontaine. Why? Because this morning, a Freedom Convoy have left Coventry Road in Ottawa with two big movement teams. We talk about the Unifer from Ottawa and we talk about the Freedom Fighter from Canada. They wanted to come here in support of Quebec because recently the, the government of Quebec has passed the law 15 about the reform of the young protection uh, that have a lot of consequences that will probably happen with that law. I will do a next report on it, so keep watching us, keep watching what we will, will happen during the day. We will talk with the protesters. So first of all, why are you here, here uh,
4: today? I'm here just because it's uh, we're now living in a democracy with Justin Trudeau. Uh, he's unaccountable for anything. And uh, after what he did in Ottawa, uh, trampling his own citizens, using the full power of the state for uh, people that uh, simply don't uh, agree with him have unacceptable views, this is our last uh, stand for democracy in Canada.
5: Personally, I'm here for the future of children for my future children also. Je vois dans quel monde on to le transhumanisme, les robots. Honnêtement, les gens réfléchissent lui, c'est vraiment inquiétant. Je vois mes petits cocos qui perdent leur lumière.
0: We know obviously that Trudeau is in bed with uh, the World Economic Forum. He's just a lap dog for these globalists. He sold us out, and he's, uh,
6: he's trying. The next move is to bankrupt our country, and we're not going to do it.
3: So first of all, why are you here? Because you're from Alberta. Why are you here?
6: Well, uh, a lot of people's lives were affected when the uh, government started uh, overreaching and uh, imposing Uh mandates on people and that's when the fight kind of began, right? We all came from out west and from all across the country really and um, some of us haven't left Ottawa. (laughs) So uh, last weekend we were in uh, Niagara Falls and uh, this weekend it's Montreal and next weekend we'll be back in Ottawa. On a eu euh, les, mesures,
7: euh, les, les mesures d'urgence sanitaire les plus extrêmes euh, au monde, des confinements, des couvre-feux, puis il euh, n'y a rien qui a marché. Euh, le GO, euh, puis Boileau, puis cette gang-là, Dubé, ils fonctionnent avec des décrets, les, les sondages. Ils gouvernent par sondage, puis ils font juste sonder leur, 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 leur gang à eux autres. Fait qu'à un moment donné, ils contrôlent tout, ils sont corrompus à la mort. Moi, le je année. La, l'état d'urgence, ça va finir maintenant, là. Hein, on, va-tu la, on va-tu l'enlever? C'est, 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 il n'a plus d'état d'urgence, là. Et M. Legault, il l'a dit, c'est juste un petit rhum. Ou à peu près. Hein, M. Legault? Juste un petit rhume. Moi, je suis vacciné deux fois. Je... Chérie, viens-t'en. Moi, je suis vacciné... Ça, c'est ma blonde. Nous, on est vacciné deux fois. Les deux, on a eu des problèmes avec le deuxième vaccin. Le lendemain du deuxième vaccin, j'ai eu des problèmes. Ma blonde aussi. Ma blonde, là, présentement, on est en attente de résultats pour des examens parce qu'elle a eu des problèmes. Fait que là, là, nous autres, on se réveiller Parce qu'au début, on pensait que c'était vraiment une bonne intention, puis on voulait, tu sais, euh, ils nous disaient de sauver nos parents, puis les grands-parents, puis on a voulu embarquer dans le mouvement de, de vouloir protéger le monde. Puis ça, mais on s'est rendu compte que c'était toute une
3: grosse arnaque. Today, we are talking about protesting Bill 15, which is taking away the way of rights of parents. And we have done some research, talked to some experts, and it looks like it's going to be very detrimental to families in the years to come. We're finished with masks. We're finished with Lego. We are finished with the vaccine mandates, and we want our liberté back. Thank you guys. We'll march soon, but we got this. Là, on sait que euh, les gens de et un peu partout au Canada sont, se sont joints ici aujourd'hui en support aux Québécois à cause de la nouvelle loi 15 qui a passé euh, à l'unanimité à. Euh, dans, au gouvernement, qui est euh, sur la réforme de la protection de la jeunesse. Euh, qu'est-ce que vous, en fait, ça implique dans votre vie, euh, cette, cette nouvelle
5: loi-là? Nous, on parle de la primauté parentale. est <rire> ce que ça implique, en fait, c'est... personnellement, je ne sais même pas si je vais avoir des enfants. Euh, c'est certain que si cette loi-là... Euh, est et mis à jour en fait clairement je peux pas avoir d'enfants parce que je peux pas croire que mes enfants vont être sous la gouverne justement de ces gens-là présentement qui font n'importe quoi j'aurais pas confiance je me sentirais pas en sécurité de pour pouvoir prendre en fait des décisions pour mes propres enfants à moi on sait très bien que ce sera pas pour les enfants de la DPJ là
4: well basically for for family members and uh, that have uh, young children and that yeah it's it, it's terrible it's uh, you know they they should always be uh, allowed to have the their own choice for the government should never intervene in your your personal choices for health no matter what
6: it's unbelievable what the government's trying to do right now to infringe on people's freedoms right now like the things that they can do with if these some of these bills are passed it's just giving them way too much power over over your lives over your children it's and and it's only a matter of time before it hits the rest of these provinces it's one day it's in Quebec next day it's it's gonna be in BC or Alberta and we stand with Quebec as uh, as Quebec stands with us. Whether it doesn't matter what province you're from. So, moi là, j'ai aucun problème. Mais c'est qu'on les sort des familles qui
7: ont des problèmes. Puis vite à part de ça, faut les sortir. Moi, suis un enfant de la DPJ. J'ai vécu dans des familles d'accueil, des centres d'accueil, pas mal toute ma jeunesse. Puis un moment donné, j'ai j'ai connu le système. C'est un système qui est corrompu ça avec il faut les aider les enfants j'ai aucun problème avec ça mais de là à se donner tous les pouvoirs au complet sur nos enfants euh, excuse moi mais c'est moi qui est le parent en premier lieu puis si moi je fais une bonne job avec mon enfant le gouvernement il y a pas un mois à dire
3: et pourquoi vous pensez qu'encore au Québec on est la dernière place en Amérique du Nord qui a le port du masque
5: Euh, pourquoi vous pensez que. Pourquoi le Québec a tellement autant de, de mesures? Parce que le monde dit rien. <rire> Il y a personne qui se lève. On a besoin d'un peuple qui se lève, qui se tient debout, qui a des convictions et des principes à la bonne place. Présentement, on a du monde qui accepte, qui adhère, qui. They are indoctrinated, we see people who are not able to think about themselves, so we are still there today.
0: So, I think that they, if, if we look at how they've been doing everything, they started it here, when it kind of is working here, then they start to impose it everywhere else. So they kept the mask here, now they're trying to put the mask back in Ontario, right? So these big populations, when they see that they're through the media and through the normalization of all these uh, um, Thefts of our rights, right? Then, then they're they're able to bring it on to other places. So, essentially, when you look at the masks still in Quebec, um, I I think they're doing it here so that they can kind of see how it's going to work and how it's going to play out across Canada.
4: I I don't, I don't understand. I, I never understood the mask mandate for anything really because there's been many many studies that prove that the masks are, don't really work anyway. So it's just a it's just
6: a form of control the government uh, imposes on its citizens. Honestly, uh, compliance is the is the problem. Too many people are complying, and uh, the more people comply, the more they get away with. The more people who stand against, the less they're gonna get away with this stuff. C'est du contrôle.
7: C'est tout simplement du contrôle. Le gouvernement Legault, il veut il veut contrôler la population. Il fait euh, Dr. Boileau, à toutes les fois qu'il fait une conférence de presse, c'est pour faire une campagne de terreur pour que les gens aient peur. Euh, excusez-moi là, mais uh ça fonctionne pas. En tout cas avec moi ça fonctionne pas. Puis avec ma gang, ça fonctionne pas, puis on est de plus en plus gros. A toutes les fins de semaine on est de plus en plus. Puis le 3 octobre, le ghost va te faire sortir, c'est fini, c'est, c'est assez tes, tes mesures abusives.
3: I feel like you would know the answer better than we will, because the science seems to stop at the Canadian border, and then there's new science even at the Quebec border. So Are they inventing it? Are they making it up? Because now the United States are free and people are flying to Mexico to get out of here. And it's not making sense anymore.
6: Not enough people are speaking out. Not enough people are standing up. They're living in fear. CBC, CTV, they have them all living in fear. And that's what we're here to tackle. It's an info war. La loi
3: 15. it affects our ability to parent our children as we see fit. So the day is finishing with some speeches just behind me. Um, Probably they were talking about doing maybe a march. We will see later on if uh, that will happen as well. Next weekend, me and my team will be in Ottawa because another Freedom Convoy will go there uh, on the Friday and Saturday. So if you like our report, please keep following us.